Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Shall we talk about things we like that's good that we're into? And thank you all so much for joining us. We hope it's uh, your. I hope you're staying cool out there. Popsicle. That's my number one recommendation <laughs> for you. Glop, glop one of those down. Sweet, syrupy beauties. Cold. Keeping it cold. Lower the blood temperature. And may I personally recommend a like a freeze pop that comes in its own little plastic sleeve because the, cuts the mess like by 90%. Also cuts the sides of your mouth and make you look like a joker. I say no to that. I say go for it. Shoot for it. It's a caduce. Go for a bomb pop. Go for a You're Philly okay with swirl. the drip? Am I okay with the drip? Yeah. I mean, if I have to choose between getting a sticky hand or joker smile, <laughs> I'm going to go with sticky hand 100% of the time. Okay. Because the joker's a bad dude, and I don't want, even want people to think I'm like of his friend or something. I mean, couldn't you get joker smile from any popsicle? The sharp plastic sides of the freezy pop, <laughs> when you put it in your, you're laughing, like this isn't a real, con- everybody at home, you're the only person right now. Uh, to the power of my voice right now that's laughing. Everybody at home is like, you should take this more seriously, Rachel. Does this happen to you every time? The sharp plastic sides of the freezy pop cut my mouth and give me a joker smile? <laughs> yeah. yeah, every single time. I feel like this has maybe happened to me once, tops. Okay, and that's okay for you to get a joker smile one time and then have it for the rest of your life? I guess I choose disfigurement over mess. <laughs> that's very telling and powerful. <laughs> Do you have a small wonder? Um, I, I am watching Fleischman is in trouble. Okay. Uh, and I'm enjoying it very much. It has Adam Brody and Claire Danes and Jesse Eisenberg, uh, close personal friend of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Former guest of, former guest of, yeah. Um, and it's like one of those shows that I, it's kind of like succession, and and Mad Men and a lot of those shows that Griffin and I have really watched together because the characters are largely unlikable. Mm. Um, but I like watching those shows by myself because I have like a deep pit of darkness inside me. Sure. And I feel I feel seen in those shows, I guess, in those moments. Well, that's not fair, I don't think, to you. Um, I don't watch those shows because they usually are filled with unlikable characters doing unlikable things uh-huh. you are exceedingly likable <laughs> well thank you for saying that um <laughs> so i disagree with your thesis but i'm glad you are enjoying it i do miss seeing adam brody friend of the show adam brody on this yeah i mean, did a thing for candle nights once yeah. boy our web is a wide one eh yeah um i'm gonna say uh and i you know this has been a, uh, a this segment in particular has been a real Brennan love fest. But we just finished Dungeons and Drag Queens, the most recent season of Dimension Twenty, and good God Almighty, it was good. Oh, holy so, shit! So good. I mean, it's the only one you've wa- watched, right? Of the Dimension well, except 20, for Tiny Heist and Tiny Heist, right? Which yeah, is the one that, that we did. I mean the. The nature of the show is that everybody on it totally has to buy in. So I don't know how they cast this to find exactly the right people, but yeah. it feels like exactly the right people. Bob the Drag Queen, Alaska, Monet Exchange, and Jujubee. Yes. Four like, known uh, performers, all-stars from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Definitely not like necessarily like 
who I would have. Yeah, like you, you don't look at all those people and think like, oh, they're they for sure play Dungeons and Dragons. No, but there, it runs the gamut of like storytelling confidence, like mechanics confidence from like just sort of across the board, right? Like Bob the Drag Queen is very like. I'm going to do this thing with this move that is very like clever. And, you know, I've put a lot of thought into this one move that I want to make versus like a, a, a Juju B who's coming at it from a much more sort of amateur level. Per- but there is something very good about that perspective. Whenever Juju B does like a dope move or something like a very powerful storytelling moment. Yeah. That is like because of because of the newcomer perspective, it is something that is sort of impossible to recapture uh that feeling of like someone's first time playing dungeons and dragons and like sort of realizing what it is capable of it is it's genuinely magical and you get that in in huge quantities in this uh yeah we watched it on the dropout platform but i think it's on youtube yeah i'm not sure how they are rolling rolling it out usually there's a delayed release um on on youtube but yeah i can't can't recommend it enough it's good shit uh Mm -hmm. and just wild about it I go first this week. Yes. You ready? No, you got a little smirk. Birds. Now, are you wearing that shirt specifically? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt that Travis got me that looks like a, almost like a neon sign. I don't know how to describe it, but it's got a goose on it. It says silly goose. No, I just, you know, I like the shirt. Um, no, I'm not wearing it. These guys are great though. Birds love them. I'm not like a bird guy, which I feel like I have to clarify. That's important because Be- we know bird people. Yeah, bird people always want to be watching birds. They have a dedication to the craft that like I would never like pretend to possess, and yeah. so like I don't want to be a poser. But I do want to say to bird people, like I get it. These guys are great. Um, they, I mean, first things first, they fly. That's wild. <laughs> like, it's, we we're so used to it, but then, like, you look at all the ground animals, and you're like, those are animals, and then you look up at, in the sky, and there's animals there, too. That's fucking wild. You look up at, like, a power line, and there's, like, 20 birds, or, like, you're looking up at, like, the rafters at Lowe's, and there's animals up there, I guess? That's wild. When you're in LaGuardia Airport and you look up and there's animals flying around, like, yeah. this is an airport. Cool. This is wild. I feel like I'm in Jumanji. Structurally, a bird is is surprising, too, because, like, the wings, it's not like they seem muscular. They you seem know? so weak. They seem very weak, and the bodies are relatively dense. And so it's like, how are those? those how are they doing it? How are these things working? But they figured it out, man, mm-hmm. and good for them. Um, they're basically the only animal that sings, and they do it. All the time in all kinds of different ways. Um, and you can just always hear it. If you open up a window and wait a few seconds, you're going to hear a bird. That's cool. That they're just sort of ever present. No matter sort of where you are, you can almost always hear a bird. And if we didn't hear a bird, it would be very quiet, wouldn't it? It's kind of like it's a bird's world and we're just living in it. That's a really good way of putting it. Because they're <laughs> everywhere. They can do ground stuff too. But like it's wild that they're in the sky. But they can do ground stuff, uh, tree stuff. Uh, like I said, power line stuff, Lowe's stuff. Water stuff sometimes. Water stuff, sure. And also, you can always hear them. That's not true of any. I can't always hear uh, a, a <laughs> squirrel. Can't always hear a dog. Sometimes, but not always. <laughs> always with birds, though. Always. That's bonkers. A lot of them look really cool. 
<laughs> Obviously, you got big dinosaur looking ones. You got like colorful birds of paradise and like badass looking hawks and shit. Um, sometimes you're like looking out the window and you see a bright red cardinal. And I think it's a very human experience that every time that happens, you point it out to everybody else in the room like, ooh. Yeah. That bird's very, ooh. Ooh, that bird's very red. I love seeing a cardinal. I love seeing a cardinal or similar red bird. Um, happened a lot in West Virginia, a state bird. We love them there. Fucking cardinal crazy in West Virginia. Um, but, you know, robins. A blue jay? If I see a, like a beautiful, bright blue blue jay, that's, that's, that's a... Uh, I'm going to have a celebration. I'm going to make sure everybody <laughs> within the, the power of my voice knows about that blue bird. A lot of them also really cute. Uh-huh, little true. humming tiny little hummingbird a little, yeah. a little thrush of any variety the littlest faces a little big round puffin oh we yeah. love it because they're birds too that's what's crazy to me okay so like you know when you're at the zoo and they make a di- big difference between monkeys and apes yep and it's like no 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 no, no. these are totally different things even though they kind of look similar and have a lot of the same qualities Birds, it's like there's penguin and flamingo and robin, and they're all birds. I'll jump ahead here a little bit. Birds are mostly divided into two big camps. Uh, And they are, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this, but I think it's one that's like different depending on where you live. Uh, Passerines, which are perching birds, uh, which make up about 60% of all bird types. And non-passerines, which is everything else, right? Passerines are sort of uh, categorized by the arrangement of their toes. They got three going forward, one going back. You know, you look down, you see bird footprints. That's a bird. That's, you know, the traditional three toes up, one toe down. Okay. That's a passerine, right? So that's that's sort of like the roughest big grouping that that you have, that sort of ape versus monkey type yeah. thing, right? Um, I love them no matter what camp they fall into um they lay eggs which is always fun like it's like a little (laughs) slime bag like a little surprise box like what's in there probably a bird do you have stuff on nests do you have stuff stuff on on nests no i didn't even that's what's this is i knew i was gonna forget something (laughs) birds are so fucking cool that i didn't even bring up the fact that they build their own little houses out there I, I am hoping that that everyone that is listening to this has had the opportunity to see a bird nest up close because so it cool. is a marvel. It's really cool. Yeah. I couldn't make one with my human hands and a bunch of little sticks. If you sat me down and you said, you have a day, make a nest. I wouldn't know how to fucking do that. Well, it's like there's dampness in there. It seems like it's mud. I don't I think it's barf. I think it's like spit and barf and stuff. Yeah. I do think it is that. Yeah. It's just they, they hold together real well. They hold together super duper well. They're geniuses, these birds. Um, except for when they get into a house. Then oh. they're not. Then they have fallen. Then this shit falls off the wagon real fast, don't there's, you? There's part of your brain. This has happened to us before um, because our cat Cecil used to bring in birds as a gift that were not entirely dead. And a lot of times they were just stunned. And when we would go to try and remove said bird, it would fly wildly around our house. Uh, and there's a part of your brain that's just like, well, I guess I live with a bird now. I have a bird friend. It's like I live at LaGuardia <laughs> Airport. Um, bird scientists aren't quite sure how many different types of birds there are. They're estimated to be between 9,000 and 10,000 species based on sort of like traditional bird identifying models. But there's some scientists who think there's just like a hidden biodiversity of like 
crossbreeding birds. Okay. Uh, that, you know, look like one type of bird, but may in fact be a hybrid that's sort of doing its own thing. So that number may be twice as high. That's a lot of fucking birds. Wow. That's a lot of lots of different types of birds. Um, birds are important part of the whole sort of interconnected ecosystem. This experiment we call Earth, they help with pest control. Huge. Love that, birds. Please keep it up. Uh, they help pollinate plants. Their poop is fertilizer. So there's lots of birds who eat seeds, poop the seeds out, and self-fertilizes the seed to yeah. like create life. Interesting. They, they spread plants between different sort of like biomes. Uh, they they do just incredible work. In I had to kind of explain the other day to Henry uh, because there was something that I was sure was bird poop, and he was like, "Well, but that's not the color bird poop is." And I was like, "Well, let's get into this." <laughs> Did you know all bird poop is guano? I thought that that was just bat poop from the Ace no. Ventura film. I was lied to by Ace Ventura, which is like Ventura. the only time that's ever happened to me. I also want to give a shout out to sort of unsung heroes, and this is a fact that like. I really changed a lot of my biases when I learned it, which is carrion birds. They're creepy, right? Yeah. And you see them and you're like, uh-oh, something's dead. Yeah. Um, but they also are like nature's janitors. They clean up dead-ass animals, which helps to dramatically reduce the spread of disease yeah. and also okay. control the populations of way more dangerous, like carrion-eating mammals like like wild you know okay dogs and shit like that what they do so much work to pick up i don't know if you've ever tried to get like animal control out to like clean up a animal that has passed away before it's time sadly but it can sometimes just not work you know what will work though? A big hungry bird that will come just like handle that for you, Bob. I love and this. it's not it's not pretty looking work, but it's essential and they do a great fucking job. I love of this it. glass is half full approach. It's I feel like it's like me saying like I keep the world from having too many Oreos. <laughs> like thank thank these birds that survive on these dead animals because otherwise we would have too many. And thank you, Rachel, for eating Oreos so that we don't have too many of those either. I want to try and find this article I found about birds. It's a really interesting buzzard <laughs> fact that I wish I, 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 I'm not going to find this. I'm not going to find this article. Anyway, they do like they do a lot of important stuff carrying birds. They help keep places from like getting overpopulated by dangerous animals and stinky disease-ridden corpses, and that's fucking pretty cool if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Um anything else I want to say about birds? They're rad. <laughs> they're functional, they're aesthetically appealing, they're vital contributors to the ecosystem. They're just great. I think there's a version of my life where I was a where I could be a bird person. I do feel like Oh, I thought you were going to say where you were a bird. <laughs> I think there's a version of my life where I was a bird. And boy, that's the coolest, right? Like if um, reincarnation is like real and you come back, you go from human to bird. I mean, either way, if you're a bird, birds are probably looking at humans like, they got it so good. They can just like go buy seeds at the store. Yeah. And meanwhile, humans are looking up at birds like you guys are so fucking free. You're having a good time. Um, you're helping the ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think when I see a bird, I think. It is now for me. Yeah. Keep it up, birds. You all are okay in my book. 
Um, maybe I should. Maybe we should just get a bird feeder. But then squirrels come and take that, and you know me. I think we see plenty of birds. I guess we do see plenty of birds. Can we put it in a way, and we put up a sign that says, like, this isn't for you, squirrels? Mm. No? So they we- get plenty of stuff. <laughs> like, they eat nuts. And- Here, I'm sounding anti-squirrel. Yeah, I don't think it's fair of us to say what animals can do what in their world, you know? No, but if I put up a bird feeder, I know that a bunch of birds are going to come by and have little a little nibble. One fucking wily squirrel, and that yeah. bird feeder is like toast, man. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not interested in links to bird feeders that I can buy online. <laughs> I'll do that research myself. Can I steal you away? Yes. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. I'm Jordan Morris. And I'm Jesse Thorne. On Jordan Jesse Go, we make pure, delightful nonsense. We rope in awesome guests. And bring them down to our level. We got stupid with Judy Greer. My friend Molly and I call it having the space weirds. Pat Oswalt. Could I get a Balrog burger and some Aragorn fries? Thank you. 
and Kumail Nanjiani. I've come back with cat toothbrushes, which is impossible to use. Come get stupider with us at MaximumFun.org. Look, your podcast app's already open. Just pull it out. Give Jordan Jesse Go a try. Being smart is hard. Be dumb instead. Okay, zebras, uh, orangutans. Oh, yes, sorry. Hi. I'm not used to the animals talking. Uh, Who are you? Yes, my name is Carrie Poppy. I co host a podcast called Ona Ross and Carrie. This is my co host, Ross, right here. Okay. We investigate spirituality, claims of the paranormal. And we were wondering if we could get on the ark. You did come two by two. I Thank appreciate you. that. Though most of the things I'm letting on the ark don't talk. I'm going to be talking all up on this boat. Do you mind both? I prefer ark. Or okay, barge. I'm not listening, but. If you let me on, mm-hmm. then I will make my really good podcast on your boat. Can you barge. at least help clean up all the poop? I guess I don't see why not. Well, I'll check out the podcast. Where do I find it? It's on MaximumFun.org. What do you got? Uh, my thing this week is cake mix. Oh, Yes. Just a, just like a box of yellow cake mix. Oh boy, one of the great baking innovations. Yes, of modern of modern history. Yes, it. I feel like it. I mean, it equalizes the playing field when in a it comes huge way to baking a cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the way it's designed, it's usually like, oh, do you have an egg? Do you have oil? You're ready to make a cake. You one know? egg, yeah. Like it's like not. <laughs> it's like, do you have one egg and oil? What were you gonna do with that? Fry the egg? Like I have something better for you. A whole fucking cake. How uh-huh. about that? Uh huh. Yeah, I think I'm not somebody who would have ever thought to have like start a cake from scratch. But I mean, I've made a, a box cake before. Sure, it's available to me anytime I want it. And it's not even like. It's not it for me. It doesn't feel like cheating, right? It's not like you get a roll of cookie dough from the store and you slice that up and you put that in the oven. You don't say like I baked Rachel's special brand of cookies, but box cake mix. I feel like because you do have to add shit to it and uh-huh. blend it up. That's cooking, baby. This is so interesting that you say that because that is a big part of of what I was reading about. Okay, this like psychological sort of difference between cake mix yeah, and Yeah, about dough. how people want to feel like they're doing something. Yeah, sure. Because initially, cake mix, they had the possibility of not adding an egg. They just did powdered egg. Like you could just add water mm. and people were not as into it. And they realized like people wanted to add their own eggs. Now this this gets a little fraught, but I will get to that. Okay. Because I'm not entirely- Did I just step in it? no. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that I believe in powdered eggs, that powdered eggs <laughs> is something that exists. No, in this reasoning that uh, people want to feel like they're doing something. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyway, so uh, 1930, uh, John Duff applied for a patent for a quote invention that relates to a dehydrated flour for use in making pastry products and to a process of making the same. Sure. Okay. Uh, the the whole idea is that like World War II, everybody had a lot of molasses. I don't really know how that happened. <laughs> Just World War II, like yeah, we fucking got them. We won. Oh my god, I'm super. Now that the war is over and we can kind of turn our eyes back towards the home, there's molasses fucking... We are lousy with this this sticky stuff. There's this culinary historian. This is from an article in Bon Appetit magazine in 2013 
who says, quote, what it was really about was using up molasses. People were eating differently and food and how they made it had changed drastically. So Duff figured out how to dry it and add it to a flour mix. Apparently Duff's recipe for every hundred pounds of flour called for a hundred pounds of molasses. Good Lord. Yeah. What ended up happening, so 1933, 1934, Duff worked with like Duncan Hines, for example, to make not just cake, but like nut bread and bran muffins and fruitcake. This idea that you could like put anything in a box. At the time, it was 21 cents per can. Okay. Yeah. Per can? Yeah, I guess this was went back when people were buying everything in cans. Okay. I guess plastics technology hadn't really hit that point yet i like it fine so uh there were companies like pillsbury that stuck with the just add water approach for a really long time uh, in college absolutely <laughs> uh but at the end of the 1940s uh 200 companies were putting out cake mixes mostly uh betty crocker and the whole marketing was like, add water and two of your own fresh eggs. Your own f- that you made. Uh-huh. Uh, so this this kept up until around the 1950s when the sales of cake mix flattened out. And they brought in this person named Ernest Dichter to do what he basically started, which was focus groups. Um, The idea was that uh, he was focused on motivational research. So instead of just saying, like, what are you buying and how much of it, like trying to figure out why people made the decisions they made. And so he brought in a bunch of people to ask them, like, basically more or less what was unappealing about cake mix, you know. Um, And his, his takeaway was that People people wanted to feel their own hand in it. Right. You know, that they wanted the to feel like feeling. they were doing something. Oh, you mean, oh, I thought you meant like they like <laughs> to just sort of like goop their hand into the. That adding the eggs made them feel like they were cooking. Sure. Basically. That makes sense to me. Um, what I think is interesting, there's like a lot at play here because I think it's like the 1950s too. I think they're, what, the things that I'm not seeing in these articles that I think is really interesting is the, like, one, the guilt, you know, yeah. this idea that you are coming into an era of more convenience, which is lessening your role and potentially, like, lessening what you think of as, like, the ideal, you know, mother or or partner, spouse or whatever. Right. Like, like, I am cheating. I am using a box. You right. know, like, if I were if I were really better at this, I would make a cake from scratch and I would, you know, add my eggs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's interesting. I also think, I also think this idea of, like, wanting to be more involved is interesting, especially a lot of what I saw, too, was in addition to the eggs, they started focusing on frosting this idea like like what they called homemaking magazines at the time showcased elaborate cake constructions so it would be more like how do you make this cake look like a football field but i mean that's the thing still now right now anytime you look at any recipe like poke cakes were like the biggest shit in the world for such a long time in the in the you know amateur baking realm and it was literally just make a cake like step one (laughs) make a cake (laughs) yeah 
Step two, now to do a bunch of wild jazz to it. But first, you have to just just make a cake. With the cake mix, you know, it's easy. You do the one thing and then you have a cake. Do that first. Yeah, because I, I feel like I've talked to so many people and it's not uncommon when somebody makes a cake out of a box to admit it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> to like say it like guiltily at the beginning of just like, well, it's from a box. Uh, but look, you know, I turned it into Garfield. Yeah. And like, that's some kind of apology in a way <laughs> of like, like, no, but look, look, I'm, I put my time in, I made this cake look like an orange cat. Um, I just be real you. <laughs> I just be real you so hard. Sorry, babe. It went off. I had to, sna- I had to snap you. So, yeah, so I think, I don't know, I think there's a lot of, like, interesting, like, levels here. I think it's interesting that Dictor got a bunch of women together to get them to- I hardly know her. To get them to talk, (laughs) to get them to talk about their feelings about cake and cake mix, which I think ultimately probably turned into a larger, more complicated conversation about, like, guilt uh, and lack of time and the kind of like discomfort with this like modern convenience that is like taking some of their agency away, but also giving them more time to do more things for themselves. Like, I-, I feel like there's a lot happening here, but instead it's like, let's focus on icing and make sure they add eggs. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was reading a lot like, what's really happening here? I want to see the transcripts of these focus groups because part of me is just like, People really just wanted to add their own eggs because that made them feel like they were cooking more. I was like, there's something deeper happening there. Now, let me say this, though, devil's advocate. If I gave you a side-by-side taste test, one of these was a just add water cake, one of these was <laughs> add oil and eggs cake. I feel like I could tell the difference. Yeah, so and that's the other thing. So I'm reading all these articles that say, like, Americans just wanted to add their own eggs because they felt uncomfortable with powdered eggs. And then I read another article that was like, although the cake did taste better. better. (laughs) It's less dry and way better. Yeah. So yeah, so that what what turned into just a like a uh, a real like sincere interest in box cake because I love it and I get excited when I see it uh, turned into like a deeper examination of uh, feminism and what modern society uh, has done to our our roles in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, it was a surprisingly complex topic for me. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. Hey, I want cake so fucking bad right now. You know what I've never made is a layer cake. I'm super intimidated by it. It just seems crazy greedy to me i mean i think you just kind of cut off the round part and then you stack them on top of each other with frosting in the middle i don't think it's actually hard but i have seen a lot of people on nailed it that don't let the cakes cool and then they turn into soupy messes but i do just want a cake like a cake i don't need a cake burger yes do you know what i mean yeah but the layer is so pretty the layer is so pretty but i'm very utilitarian it's like surprise extra frosting the only thing i care about the aesthetics of is birds anymore that's pretty much it for me (laughs) cool got some uh submissions from our friends at home daniel says my wonderful thing is concept albums albums that tell a connected continuous story through the songs in them with the release of the jazz fusion anti-my by the deer hunter last year and the prog rock the fox and the bird this year by okay good night i've been utterly basking in the music I love a concept album, even when I don't even like the music that much. (laughs) I think all time for me is uh, Hazards of Love by the Decemberists. Adore that album. That's the one that's like a fairy fairy tale sort of uh, story about a woman falls in love with like a forest 
elf. I don't spirit. think I know this. Oh, really? Oh man, it beats ass. It's so good. Uh, it came out once when me and Justin and Travis had to go on a uh, not had to. We went on a road trip to Chicago. Drove there, saw a Harvey Danger concert, and then drove back that night. Just listen to Hazards of Love the whole time. It's great. Great, great try. Do you have a concept album that you have any particular I was trying for? to think. I mean, I probably do, but I don't ever really think about them that way. Um, was Tommy a concept album before it was a musical by The Who? Uh, again, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Amy says, I think to-do lists are wonderful. I make one for myself every day, always including something easy to cross off my list like making the bed. Having my little list of to-dos for the day helps me stay focused and productive, which is a wonderful feeling. I have... Kind of been trying to do the opposite. Interesting. Almost like an already done list. Because <laughs> I feel like at the end of the day, a lot of times I struggle to think about like what I've accomplished. Yeah. You know, like it'll get to be like five o'clock or whatever. And I'll think like, what did I do today? Yeah. I didn't do anything. And then I realize, like if I at least just write down like, oh, I made muffins and I did the laundry and whatever. Sure. Like, it's like, oh, good. I did do something. That's good. There needs to be some middle ground between a to-do list and a have the have done list. Because I, I have a to-do list I swear by. I do every day I have there's like a website. It's called Todoist is the name of the website <laughs> of platform. It, of it's great. Uh like people who are part of our like company use it. And so we can like send items to each other to knock out, but then I have my own like recurring daily to-do list things and then like weekly to-do list things and I keep my appointments on there and I have a little widget on my phone so it's always like in the background of my phone like I swear by it but also sometimes I'll be banging stuff out and I will also do some other thing uh-huh. that is good uh-huh. like I built the I built a yeah, shed the shed huge effort yeah. not on the to-do list so it's like what that was for nothing <laughs> So it's a to-do list that also turns into a to I guess every to-do list turns into a to-done list. <laughs> I promise that I will continue to make a big deal out of that shed. Thank you. It is a gorgeous, very spacious shed. I love it so much. I know. Like, we could easily hide in there if we had we to. We could hide in there if we needed to. Let's hide in there. <laughs> thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, thank you for uh, listening. Thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there. We got merch over at McElroyMerch.com, including a Poetry Corner candle. Yes. We'll have some new stuff coming next month. Uh, it's going to be here very soon. That's, uh, I mean, that's it for the immediate. You were just in San Diego. We were just in San Diego. Great to see everyone. What's next? Do you know? Um, I don't know what is public, but if you go to McElroyTours.com, <laughs> you can find out, or McElroy.Family. Ooh, work too. I don't know what is. Well, no, it may all be announced, and I just don't know about <laughs> it. So uh, just go there. We're gonna, we have more shows coming I'm up. Sure, Griffin's name is on the tin, but that doesn't mean he knows what's in the tin. <laughs> no, it's a big fucking tin. <laughs> Thank you all so much. And um, in the words of birds.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.